I believe that we are still on page 44, 45, talking about land use for public and semi-public zones. So has anybody noticed anything else that they would like to bring up or talk about? Well, when we get into development standards, I yeah, that's it. That, yeah. We left off with development standards. Well, we talked about I, these, but we didn't ever just say, "Okay, we don't have any more comments." Yeah, I mean, we kind of got hung up on uh, distracted resort and retreat centers and event centers, and yeah, I don't. Nothing so, else is really screaming to me. Okay, so. that's good. So yes, let let's um, talk we, about. Do we want to? Do we want to finish? I mean, do we want to talk about event centers more at this point, or do we want to wait until the Board of Supervisors takes it up? Well, I think we'll talk about events more, but but at this, I don't think we want to talk about the details of special okay. events at this point, uh, but we do want to talk about how they fit into these, you know, if you have any comments on how they fit into public service rec or open space. Okay, with regard to that, the comment I would have is that um, uh, sometimes it's effective to have a use permit rather than allowing something by permit as a, as a by right use. Because when, once it's a by right use, if you have a problem situation, then you have to go through a whole process to try and revoke the use or or uh, or uh, revoke the uh, you know to stop to stop the nuisance, which is difficult. A use permit, on the other hand, can have a term of years associated with it. So uh, sometimes it's nice if you have a situation where you're not sure it's going to work. Say, hey, look, you're going to get a use permit for three years. Um, if you and your neighbors work this out in those three years, great. But if your neighbors are still as mad as they are now at you. Um, you know, you might not get renewed, you know, but it, it, non-renewal is a lot easier than trying to, you know, shut down a nuisance. So, um, Tom, so. are you speaking specifically about um, a specific use or well, is that uh, just I a general? He's, I think he's talking in general. Just general but, statement? Like right here, well, we have a special right, event permit process. Yeah, if you have an event center type situation, wedding centers, stuff like that. Um, uh, that sometimes that are showing up controversial. That sometimes a use permit is a useful thing to have. It makes it easier um, if you if there are problems down the road. Right. So event centers are currently um, located um, in the rec zone as a conditional use. So I think yeah. what he what Tom is saying. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. Is that even if the event center is a permitted use, the events themselves might want to have some within kind of the event center. No, no, I, no oh. actually, I oh, was you're talking, talking about, about separately the center itself. The okay. center, it's, no, I was talking about the center itself. Oh, okay. Um, be, uh, whether it's in a, and this, I wasn't just speaking just to the rec zone, but to the, the you know, where you put it in general. And when you get to, we get to discussing the details. Uh, problems in uh, we have uh, event centers in rural residential areas. You know, if the size of the event is too large for the, you know, and it, so that 
so noisy it upsets the neighbors, you're going to have problems with. So in those sorts of situations, a use permit is a much, much better approach from my perspective than, um, than a permitted use. Just a yeah, thought. It has a conditional use permit on it right now. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. but I think Tom's just talking about in general. Well, he just told me, no, that's not People, what we're I don't understand. Okay. So, no, I mean, we'll talk more about yeah, special we'll, the events themselves and that kind of permitting in a whole separate discussion. Yeah, but no, I think he's basically this, just yeah. saying he agrees with what's proposed, right? Right. Right. Well, I, I don't know about under uh, the first, the PS zone. Should they be permitted with a administrative use permit? Well, I, an event center? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I just want to make sure we're still talking about the same thing. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I'm, I'm happy with the way things are. Yeah. I think because of the kinds of things we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think we're okay. Okay. Yeah. And then special so events we're, we're putting off until we're Yes. Because it's a big discussion. Yeah. But I mean, but I knew we were putting off major changes until after this process, well, but right. you're talking about a major discussion as a part of I'm I'm talking about, it's talk about the way the tables are set up and whether or not special events are allowed in particular zones is fine right now, but the details of special events and their permitting, I think mm -hmm. we should hold off on because I think it's gonna become a bigger yeah, we'll hold off until topic. after we're done with this. Exactly, because it's going to so, apply in other areas of the. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but we do need to talk about floor area ratios. Oh, good ears. We do. <laughs> Tim's going to lead us in a discussion. Oh, yes. <laughs> Take it. It's point twenty-five of what maximum? So you, your well or septic has to be. 25% of the maximum floor ratio? Is that how that, what is that, Michelle? What are we about? I, Max? Th this is a, a weird, you, I see what they're trying to get at yeah. here. Okay. Um, 45. Okay. 45, yeah. So I think. That I can answer. <laughs> it's, it's odd because we're talking here in the rec zoning about how much space the, the sewer and water can take up. And that seems like an odd thing to limit. The other, it's really the use that the, other the way around. water is associated with that you would be concerned about, right? That's what they're saying. Yes, they're I saying, that's what they're saying. <laughs> so I'm not, not quite sure what, what, what we're what trying do you see, to Thomas, the, what they're saying. achieve. What they're saying is, let's say you have a bowling alley on an acre, right? Yeah. and the bowling alley's on an individual well, then the bowling alley can be a quarter of an acre. If the bowling alley's on a public water s system, it could be a half an acre. Mm -hmm. Right, I think that that's what they're trying to say. It's, it's with or without public or individual. <clears throat> exactly. But this oh. is any any of the uses we've been talking about are limited by these yes yes so if you're yeah. on the rec zone you're you're not going to take up more than half of your land area 
with whatever with the, whatever the use is whatever the use is and why is the, by saying non applicable under ps that means there's no limitation no there's not you can't do it can't you can't do it. develop anything that requires a can't e have either no, a well or a public sewer? No, it's no, not no, no, no. well or it's the use associated with them. I think that's just what's not super clear. Yeah. It, well, I think it's awkward first because we're we don't this is this is all new to our code. I mean we've right. never we've never referred but, to uh, Gina, what do you understand non applicable as meaning under those what both either well both the sewage. I, I agree with Michelle in that the open space um, zone doesn't allow no, the I, development I'm that would the be PS, allowed to occur. Yes, right, and that's. I mean, that's, are we saying you can have any size you want on a public service parcel? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, which is just the opposite of what we're saying yeah. is under the open space. So. <laughs> we, we just feel that this it's, needs a it is awkward and I, I had to ask multiple times to and I still can't wrap my brain around it maybe it's just okay, too well then it's unfair for us to yeah, grill you <laughs> oh yeah don't, we don't we can, I will and I think this is pretty standard stuff um, but yeah it's it was a little difficult to, to for me to understand I think the but idea think, is that yeah, I think you're correct, Tom. Um, in that, um, but I'm I'm not exactly sure why we've referred to um, PS and open space as um, well. The non-applicable means there is no limitation. Right. So if if you're dealing with public building, we're not we're not regulating the government essentially. Right. Yeah. If and the government's got a well, the government can do it, it at all. Well, and I suppose so it doesn't really apply to open space because we don't allow those uses anyway. Exactly. So, so, right. so, so I mean, if you're talking about a trail or you know something like that, that's. But you could have drinking. public toilets available, although drinking. in open space you're not supposed to have any development. But you know, if you have a long trail system, you could want public. Toilets at level, yeah. or but maybe they would all be, uh, you know, like like park service toilets. Yeah. So I, I just self-contained. I just picked up another issue. Um, so under transportation, communication, and utility uses, we allow telecommunication and facilities within buildings. By tele telecommunication, I'm thinking we're talking about telecommunication facilities, uh, with yeah, cell towers, right. that would be on page 44. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go to page 45, we've now put a, a maximum uh, building height uh, limit, but are we also limiting the height of telecommunication facilities, or is this new TBD height and height exception right. something that... Yeah. So yeah, so there's additional regulations for um, telecommunication facilities. Which is not yet, not yet being identified. Well, it's no, it's identified in here. We just don't have a chapter. Okay. So, so if you go to the standards under specific uses, you'll find it yeah. there. It's 80 feet. But why are um, communication facilities within buildings not allowed in the rec zone? Because you could have a building in the rec zone.
I don't I don't see where we've got to the communications facility. It's right here. Uh, 44. 34. 44. 44. We're jumping back. 44. 44. Fill out my permit. Yeah, so it should be permitted within a building in the rec zone. Yeah. should be able to have communication facilities. Because they could be attached to buildings as well. well it says well, within. Within. We're talking inside. Oh, not. wow. <laughs> But, I mean, communication, I haven't looked up the definition. Uh, communications facilities and telecommunications are... Well, I'm not looking at telecommunications, I'm looking at the within a building. Okay. Since uh -huh. within the rec zone, that you can have recreation-themed buildings. buildings. It seems like they should certainly be able to have their own communication sure. facilities. Yeah. So if you're no, looking you for the completely cut off. <laughs> if you're looking for the additional regulations regarding telecommunication facilities, it's on page 81. Yeah. All the way to the bottom is the beginning. Okay, so uh, again, under height requirements, it says the maximum height of telecommunication facilities shall be that of the zoning district in which the facility is located, except as provided by, by uh, as follows. So we are somehow tying the height of the facility to the height allowed in the zone, which means in a rec zone, it would be 35 feet in the OS zone, it would be 24 feet, with exceptions, mm -hmm. which talk about uh, building mounted or facilities mounted on structures. Uh, the facilities that we currently have in the county are, are the requests that I've seen so far, are 90 feet, 105 feet, 115 feet. These things are getting taller by the by the minute. So um, it might be uh, a little short-sighted for us to put a restriction on these things, especially with all the regulations about FCC and and um, the Telecommunications Act and other subsequent acts that have really kind of made, uh, you know, uh, government regulation a, a little restricted, it's still possible. But I think we need to take uh, a very clear look at that to make sure we are, well, we're not uh, tying our hands by saying, well, you can only have a 35-foot antenna in, in, the, in the erect zone of the OS zone plus 15 feet. Well, that's only 50 feet. It, you know, that's, that's not going to cut it. 
So it's, isn't it 15 feet above the existing height of a legally established building? So it would be in a wreck, it would be... 35 plus 15. Yeah. The question feet. is whether you allow just a telecommunications tower. Yeah, and and and, and, like and a fifty foot tower is not like going to. Tower. It's not it going to. It could be hundred. I've seen hundred and fifteen. Yeah. Existing. Yeah. So we either need to do something about the height of the structures, uh, or uh, not put a not put a limit. Let the let the AUPSUP process decide what the what the height should be and why would we be allowing telecommunication uh facilities within open space well it's it's on page 44 under telecommunication yeah, yeah. i know i mean the question is why uh well because that would be one of the places where you will probably most right. <clears throat> you have the space it's clear yeah, yeah. And exactly it's, it's right it's open right <laughs> Yeah, but it's, and it's away from <laughs> away yeah. from other it's because it's open space structures and people and right. I mean because it's one of the main concerns that we always get whenever we have an application is, you know, this thing is is too close to my house. I yeah. don't I don't want to see it. I don't want it near me. Um, so anytime they're proposed to be located near residential structures, mm -hmm. um, people start, you know, getting really concerned, and that's right. when things start going but south. Up, up till now, we've been kind of preserving this concept of open space. Right. You're not going to run into a metal tower that's 75 feet tall. Um, well, in, in the big picture of things, though, how obtrusive would a 75-foot uh, faux palm or faux uh, oak tree look in a sea of hundreds of acres of open space. They look, they look awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Play with you, Tim. <laughs> the antenna that's on top of uh, Big Hill and Sheep yeah. Ranch. Yes. Is, 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 as Peter Maurer called it, a bottle, bottle brush. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really odd looking one. They're it, trying to make a pine tree and they, they're the it, ugliest it, one I've ever seen. Exactly the same. I remember yeah. you asking Commissioner Lash that I think AT&T to change its design mm -hmm. so that it tapered which yeah. I don't know how much the AT&T took that Now, one thing that has come to my attention <laughs> also, um, species we have here. when it comes to uh, location of these facilities has to do with um, zones in which service is needed, mm -hmm. and also the availability of utilities, electricity for one, uh, that would tap into them. So it, it just seems to me, I mean, Gina, there's not going to be a whole lot of property zoned open space, correct? Mm -hmm. And if I we would have presume this... not. I mean, because that's pretty extreme. I mean, if you're willing to to um, you know apply an open space zone, I mean, there's some pretty you know compelling reasons why. Um, I don't think anyone's going to voluntarily. Just say, oh yes, I, I want you to apply open space, unless of course you've entered into like a conservation easement or something. But yeah. again, um, I mean, I suppose if you've gone that far, then um, maybe it would be up to the landowner to say, well, I don't want this kind of a use on my property. Um, I'm thinking of the users. Yeah. Out yeah. there wandering and 
lovely nature. I mean, well, and I mean, and yeah. you have to consider that they will be having to maintenance the tower. Yeah, I mean, uh, re re you know? re regardless of where we have them, my issue is when we tie the height of a telecommunications facility to the height allowed in a zone, it is overly restrictive because we don't have any zone that allows for a 50-foot structure to begin with. Yeah. So if we're doing 35, 40 feet, what we're saying is we can add 15 feet to that and then your, your facility has to be 45, uh, 55 feet tall in any zone. That is overly restrictive. So yeah. I think we have two issues here. One is on page 44, it's where do we want, which zones do we mm -hmm. want to allow these and what kind of a, right. yeah, do they need a permit? Are they permitted by right? Mm -hmm. So. Uh, We've identified. So first we have facilities within buildings. So let's take care of that one, the easy one. Okay. None in open space because there's no buildings. Right. And, but it seems like permitted in wherever you have a building, right? Inside the building. Now, then we have So, so we, we're in agreement that in an erect zone. Now, we might have a building in an erect zone as well. Yeah, that's so right. We, we, we said that we're going to allow That's we permitted. We would allow it. That's we would allow it because it has to be within the building. Yeah. So, but then we look and we say, okay, in public service and rec, it says, a slash C, what is the A slash C? Yeah, without any. Either an AUP or a CUP. Well, either. Well, we know what it means, but are you asking us which we think Us it's Usually a? these, that sort of notation has the footnote number. Yeah, currently, right. yeah, currently we do them as AUPs. Right. So we may want to do them oh. as CUPs because of the... Well, we're currently looking at one right now that may become a subject of a planning commission appeal. Uh -huh. And the concern would be by doing it as an AUP, we're not getting a quote unquote public hearing through the process of approval. It could come after approval, but we're not getting them before approval. And we've got a bunch of letters that people that are waiting to come before the planning commission and 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 vent their frustration. However, under the current AUP process, it's the planning director's decision, which is appealable within 15 days to the planning commission. Which decision will be posted on the website, as we discussed yesterday. So the question is: Do we want to continue to do them as AUPs? Do we or do we want to start doing them as CUPs to allow this kind of robust uh, public discussion whereby, you know, members of the it, public, we still a, do the same notification process. It's, it's, a, it's a classic, not in my backyard sort yeah, of situation. Absolutely. And yeah. it's one that many people feel very strongly about. Absolutely. And so since they're probably, a majority of them would end up being appealed from any granting of the AUP, I'd say we ought to just say have a CUP for PS and REC and not permitted yeah. in OS. I, I agree. I mean, I think I, when, when you look at open spaces and what comes to mind are wetlands and, yeah. you know, if it's part of a develop, development, a subdivision development, I want a tower in the middle of that. I mean, so I, I agree with you. So it's going to be not allowed in OS, CUP, and the two other categories. 
for telecommunication. Unless Gina or Martha can explain to us what the question was there. If there was a decision for us, or if there was, we're just yeah. missing a footnote of some kind. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, if, if it is such a hot button topic, have we developed a set of questions or requirements from the telecommunication uh, company about why they picked that particular location? Yes. And, and, yes. And I, I think oh, I touched, yeah. I touched, oh, yeah. I touched on that uh, earlier in my conversation. The first criteria is they have an area that's been identified as needing service, which means, sure. so once they put a big ring around that, the next step is to figure out which properties have utilities that they can tie into. And most of those sites end up being adjacent to residential because residential has those types of, uh, those types of utilities. Mm -hmm. and, and that is the, those are the two major uh, uh, points that they consider. Now, what makes it even more difficult and challenging for government agencies are all the federal regulations regarding these types of facilities. Um, you know, we cannot deny them, you know, based on radio frequency radiation or, or any other spurious uh, uh, relationship. Uh, we can regulate the height, we can regulate the aesthetics. So when we're dealing with these things, we have to be very, very precise because a, if we deny them, the telecommunications facility would appeal or sue. If we approve them, the residential people who don't want to look at a fake-looking monopine uh, can, can do the same. So, uh, but they have to bring uh, other uh, uh, issues, uh, more than just, oh, I don't like looking at this thing. Now they're talking about uh, depreciation of property value. They're there, you know. So they're, either side, we have to be really careful as we go forward. And so you identify this region that needs better coverage. You look and you find three parcels that could potentially support a tower, and they write a letter to those three parcels, but only one of those people is willing to contemplate it. And that isn't always the best site for it, but it's the only people who are willing to enter into an agreement with them. And so, and then just because the property owner wants it, the neighbors don't necessarily Absolutely. want it. And the telecommunications company will invest considerable money to get the electricity to the tower. I mean, yes. yeah. my one experience, again, yes, cheap ranching, it's a quarter of a mile at least right. up the road. Yeah. Um, so, so ultimately, if we do not grant the conditional use permit, mm -hmm. it could end up in court and the telecommunication company could win well, and enforce that it, issue? Well, depending well, on the reason. Depending there's, on the there's, reason. There's been, vigorous amount of litigation it's continuing there's been stricter there it's been harder there's more federal preemption now than there was five years ago when it comes to um, denying telecommunications so there the government federal government believes it's a priority to expand our coverage 
Um, there's been lots of litigation about the extent to which local control applies when it comes especially to aesthetic regulations. And so um, there's also some vague language in some of the federal orders that, that come on. We always get these assertions by telecommunications applicants that they're an eligible facilities request and if they fit that definition there's less we can do about it. I've read through it and don't always agree but we try to work these things out without having to go to court on the front end of the application <laughs> stage um, but it's basically it's an area where if two people feel strongly enough, you could make a lot of arguments pro and con and we would be stuck in the middle and our approval could be fought either way. I will say that for aesthetic standards, um, and I know that we're fixing this here, they're supposed to be, um, they don't have to be in an ordinance, ordinance necessarily, but aesthetic standards cannot be arbitrary. There really needs to be sort of articulated more objective concepts of what types of aesthetic standards apply. So. So I think the second piece of this whole thing, so we've taken care of, this part, the table, but the actual sp specific standards in the telecommunications facilities section, I think we should deal with when we get to that section because it's going to apply in more places than this. And so we don't need to talk about it each time. We'll have to talk about what is a reasonable height, when it needs to be attached to a building, when it needs to be in all of those things. And they have that all well started here, so we just need to go through it. So I think we can wait until we get to it. Public comment? Sure. I just want to remind people that um, land use implementation 5A um, discusses a telecommunication ordinance and is included as a mitigation measure in the general plan draft DIR and findings of fact. And one of the criteria there was that if it is an environmentally sensitive area, consider looking at other alternative locations. So um, the, what the commissioner mentioned that if it's in a wetland or something, we probably don't want it there. He's absolutely right. right. But that that's kind of would be a given with that. Yeah. yeah. Which, which yeah. measure is that, um, yeah. Tom? LU-5A Telecommunications Ordinance. Okay. It's, it's a mitigation measure in the draft EIR on page 2-6, in the final EIR on page 3-9, and in the findings of fact that are found in the board packet from 11-12-19 on page 149. Okay. And that's all on the that's all on the chart I gave you guys on yeah. uh, yeah. days ago. I, I got it. I, I included that as my own version in. And, and in reality, the the process of approving one of these sites begins with a cultural bio analysis of the property itself, and that's how these communication facilities. That's how they introduce themselves to the county. And they ask us, is this, is this property in a sensitive area of cultural resources, archaeobio, and all that kind of stuff? So that's where we begin. So yeah, and if we tell them, yes, there's artifacts or burial ground or endangered species, then you know, it, it escalates uh, what they need to do from that particular mm. point. Mm -hmm. yep. Clearing house third, they go through. 
anyway. Watch so, out, everybody. We're going to get back to page 45. I, yeah, we might get back to page 45. And I think we see what they're trying to do here. The question is, should it be the same <clears throat> ratio no matter what the use is, no matter what the, yeah, the use? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm just bringing it up for, I don't think we have to answer it today. I don't think we want to do anything more with this today, but I think it's something we should be thinking about. Right. Most, most, most zoning codes apply this, uh, a ratio that is specific to the zone rather than a ratio that's specific to the, to the use itself. So uh, regardless of what you want to build, uh, what I'm thinking we need to do really is to take a realistic look at our building height limits. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the height of the courthouse is. I don't know what the height of the police uh, facility uh, facilities. Uh, what what the height of those structures? Uh, what the heights are? But if we're having a height limit of 35 feet and we have existing structures in the same set zone that is 50 or 55 feet or 45 feet, then I, I think we're, we're taking a regressive step. So uh, if we, not unless there is a really significant reason why we want uh, low profile uh, structures. I'm looking at the rec zone of 35 and the OS zone of 24. I'm wondering why we even have a height limit in the, in the rec open, zone. no, in the open, open space, space zone where yeah. you're not allowed to build anything. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So that might have been because we were going to allow some telecommunication equipment, but if we're not going well, to allow it, perhaps we, it could just go away. Go away. But I, then I getting back to the non-applicable yeah, in the which in the in the PS uh, for for building height. You mean the obviously there can be buildings in there, and obviously there should be some maximum building height if we have height maximum building heights somewhere else. I don't understand the non-applicable. Well, maybe maybe it's addressing the fact that we don't want to restrict the height of buildings in in PS zones, well, like a government center, for example, we may want to have a five-story building. Right. Yeah, we might want to have a five-story building or But if we're talking about building, open space, it. Um, you know, public safety facilities or conditional use in I the open space. Actually, think, yeah. or did I we, think it's okay that we're not trying to tell the public services zone because those that, that could be something like a fire station mm -hmm. and there could be a requirement for them to have a tall tower for training purposes. Yeah. And so I, to me, this sort of makes sense because mm -hmm. you, you're going to look at it each individually. The rec zone, I think it makes sense to determine something. The open space, I just don't think we need a height. Because Even public though comment. we have public... Public comment. Let, let yeah. Gina finish answering, and then so, we'll, we'll see what you can add to it. We've got um, public safety facilities as a as a conditional use. So I mean, in, in the open space, so that could be a building. Exactly. Right. So. Yeah. So, but we're just not saying what it is. So we don't know. Yeah. In the in the OS zone. Well, I'm talking the OS zone. Right. 
That's what I'm saying. Are you saying that you don't think we need to have, oh, you're just saying that we don't need to restrict the height, that it can be whatever. In the OSON, it can't be a building. Well, that's yes, what I'm can. telling you. Yes, sir, can. Is if we scroll back up, we're allowing public facilities, public safety facilities as a conditional use in the OSO. In the OS. And we are permitting accessory uses, activities, and structures. Yeah. Except that we've already said we're not. It's a, well, maybe not. We're only talking well, about I'm, certain things within that. You're right. Yeah, so I thought it was only our passive recreation that's allowed in there. Public safety facility. Public safety facility. You're right. That is the one. I wonder what public. Well, let's go and look. I can see. And I will say, as far as accessory uses to passive recreation, um, if any of you have ever hiked up to Half Dome, you will note that there is a. a a at least 20 foot Clevis Moltrum outhouse on the way along the passage path. <laughs> so yeah, height and restrictions. That's what I just yeah. was talking about earlier the outhouses. So yeah, yeah. So that's fine. Okay. So we keep going. That does have a reason. A reason to be there. Okay. So are we okay. are we. I think we're done. Are we moving past that now? For the time being and now. Setbacks, Can we, so I'm a little confused. What is the conclusion about the height limit in the OS zone? It's 24. Are we going to keep it at 24? I thought we weren't going to. Oh, because oh, facilities. Because of the public safety. Public, public safety, safety facilities? Yeah, I, I don't think 24 is what we want. Can we just say uh, either non applicable or at least 35 feet or to be determined? Well, I mean, what? we don't want a bunch of clunky buildings in the open space. I mean, this is public service buildings probably would have something to do with the, the passive recreation or. Uh, you know, ranger it's, station. It's not public service, like it's, it's public safety. Public, public safety, safety. right. Yeah, so. So it, ranger station, um, you know, it doesn't show. I think um, 24 is a fine. Well, let's look at our definition of public safety. Um, the only thing I could think of was a fire, fire. outlook tower. Right, oh, right. Yes. oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, facilities providing public safety and emergency services, including police and fire protection See? and emergency medical services, ranger stations, lookout towers, and forest uh, stations right. with incidental um, storage training and maintenance facilities. Right. So if you're looking for a lookout tower, 24 feet isn't probably high enough. But, but it's a conditional use permit, right. so couldn't we have it set by the conditional use yeah. permit? Sure. That's what I would think we'd want to do. That's a good okay. And I suppose if there's a need for additional height on whatever structure, then they can apply for a setback, um, uh, height variance. Yeah, so, if we, so we're going to put C there for 24. Well, I was just going to say by CUP because the CUP can tell them right. what the, their height right. limit is for so their particular use. Well, they could but map, it's currently by putting C. 
I mean, we what, don't what, have a C. Is, no. Yeah, yes. I, <laughs> yes, on, in this application, we haven't been using those, but yes, same thing. Yeah. Okay, so we're all good with public safety facilities as a conditional use in the OS zone? Yes. I, I don't know if we're good. I, is it a, if it's a mandate, I don't know if we have a choice. But. And I think sometimes it's just necessary. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's, I think it's more necessary than maybe and mandated. It's gonna be, and I think the conditional use is going gonna, is gonna to determine whether or not Right. Well, at least you have an opportunity to review it and right. analyze environmental impacts. And then you can be looking at things like, you know, sensitive habitat or, um, you know, other environmentally, you know, sensitive issues. But should we not have a C with the accessory uses activities and structures instead of a permitted by right, since we don't even know what we're talking about here? Mm -hmm and what somebody might think is a required accessory structure, other folks might sure. not think. On page 45 I'm of sorry. it. Yeah. Yeah, either A or C. Yeah. I, I think I might go to A. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, A would be okay, I think. Since accessory In open space. and activities both start. Right. We're just yeah, talking about perfect. open space? Right? Under, uh, yeah. Yes. Accessory uses activities and structures and A under OS. Uh, Commissioner Ladish, what do you not want to see in the OS zone? Most things? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want the trees, I want to see grass and flowers, I want to see the sky. Okay. Um, Birds, mm. plants. Okay. Red-legged frogs. So butterflies. Butterflies. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. That's, that's, that's what I said. That's why I was asking about it. You know, I don't think we're talking about a lot of acreage here. For yeah. Yeah. OS. Yeah. Well, you know, because I, I was, I was, you know, my mind keeps going. You know, with the wind and solar energy systems. We are allowing something in a PS and something in a rec zone. Mm -hmm. But then uh, there's this regulation under SB uh, 100 that requires us, that requires everybody in the state to basically uh, um, at least have 60% of all the utility services provided be electric. So most uh, jurisdictions are allowing um, solar farms and you know wind turbines. And I'm not. I'm not advocating. I'm not, I understand. I'm not jumping yet. So uh, wind turbines, but SB SB 100 is beginning to shape the way we look at where we locate things because it's all part of this greenhouse gas. You know, outside of SB 32, we have SB 100 as well. So. The reason I asked the question is, somebody said, okay, I don't want to put uh, wind turbines, but I want to have um, a, uh, a sea of solar panels in your OS zone. You would no. say? No. no. Okay, no. very good. No, because once we clear, clear up the air, which yeah. we're doing right now, yes. um, there needs to be a place where you can go and breathe it. And, <laughs> and 
Sea <laughs> nature. Because we're doing carbon sequestration in that space. Yeah, right? It's all rich right. being used. Plant trees. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I just want to remind people what Gina has told us is that this is private. This is private open space within subdivisions. Right. Right. This is not ag or resource lands, right? And you're going to get a lot more pushback if you're putting solar or wind in some private open space in someone's backyard of some subdivision yeah. than you are if you're going to put it, you know, in ag or resource land. Yeah. I envision the open space zone is likely to, to be applied to parcels with conservation easements. Mm -hmm. Environmental. But that's not environmentally what... sensitive, you know, land. So, I mean, if you're looking at the preservation of natural resources, then you absolutely need to be restrictive as to what is going to impact the land. So, okay, yeah. now I'm confused. I thought this was only for that wreck. That, that no, it's a, no, those are the zones that we're going to actually rezone. So um, this this zone is a uh, is a is a new zone that can be applied to other parcels. So if you have say uh, you've entered into a conservation easement um, with the U.S. you know Fish and Wildlife Service for you know some critical habitat. Um, then you could you could apply um, an OS um, overlay to your pro or zone to your parcel, which kind of enforces reinforces that conservation easement that you've just entered into. Um, we may okay. find it necessary um, for properties um, as you know discretionary action that we do find you know necessary to further restrict for purposes of, you know, preservation of, of the open space. The most likely thing yeah. is you're going to have a large subdivision right. and, you're going, and right. it's going to have a creek running through it sure. or it's going That's, to have environmentally sensitive areas right. or it's going to have archaeological right. or cultural resources and you are going to zone all that right. open space to preserve it. Right. And that's the most likely, them. but that's not the only time that it no. could be used. No, but you know, Tim could could have, you know, a, a beautiful 250-acre parcel, um, you know, up in the wilderness somewhere, and he doesn't want his kids to further, you know, subdivide it and sell it off and, and further mm -hmm. impact. So he's going to slap this OS zone on it mm -hmm. and, and, and a conservation easement. He's going to protect it from, you know, any future development. I want to bring up the question of the fact that something's zoned open space mm -hmm. does not necessarily mean that it's uh, passive recreation under our park right. and recreation it, facilities because that only involves uh, public uh, public agency or nonprofit organization. And right. So it's I, I found myself. But it could be also under this outdoor could, rec section. Oh yeah, it could yeah. be if, if it fits the ownership. Right. Yeah, I, I think the consensus of the commission is that an open space is an area that we want to protect. That's why we're doing it. Or somebody wants or to protect somebody it. Or somebody wants to protect it. Or, yeah. or is required to yes. protect Or is required. Exactly. <laughs> but it's open space. I think, I think it's, we talked about 
we talked about inventories before, and this may be an important place to mention that because um, uh, currently about 10% of the range land is in a conservation easement, which means 90% is not. So if you're looking for places to locate some of those other uses, um, I think there's a pretty good inventory. Uh, 180,000 acres of range, that's a lot. So hopefully we can find places for those energy uses out there. Yes. I. And I, I know that there have been other, in other counties, solar agencies have contacted the landowner and asked if they can put a solar farm, you know, out mm -hmm. in the pasture and stuff. So I, I agree with you, Tom. I, I think that you're going to start seeing people who are using the land for agriculture, maybe also using it to mm -hmm. for solar farms or, or wind farms. Right. I don't think we have to allow it in our what is likely to be a relatively right. small amount of land area right. dedicated mm -hmm. to open space. Mm -hmm. So are we ready mm -hmm. to talk about overlay zones or do we need to talk about the setbacks? Yes, since there are some buildings in OS, why it makes. So I think these were just carried over from current code. Except OS is a new zone. Uh, doesn't look like we. Vision over. clearance. So it looks like we've applied some vision clearance standards. Yeah, vision clearance. Sir. And unfortunately, that would be rolled into the section of code that we're not looking at, I believe. Additional regulations. I don't see. Maybe not. <clears throat> vision clearance. Can somebody help me here? Which is the, which of these is the setback from the neighbor's property line or the, or the neighboring structure? Well, they're all from the property boundary. Yeah. I mean, this, the, the, the issue that comes up a lot in rural areas is that, oh, whoopee, you know, they say they have to have 100 feet or of defensible space, but the houses are only 20 feet apart or the houses are only 10 feet apart. So you don't really get well, defensible space between structures. So which of these is, is that? There, you can't regulate somebody else's property and you can't force people to be more than 30 feet from the property line under the current building right. and fire safety code. So if you've got two properties side by side, that have, you know, developed 30 feet off the property boundary, then you've got a, you know, a 60, a 60 feet, foot good. distance between, separation between buildings. Right. But and if it's 10 feet, it doesn't ask, there is nothing that tells you to, that you need 100 feet between structures. The 100 oh, feet is just the, yeah, if you're you aware it, of that. If that's the problem. <laughs> Right, but it's not even intended to provide that. That 100 feet is a different level of clearing than the 30 foot. 
and the five foot and the you know all, there's all those different um, tiered if requirements. You have, if you have a hundred feet on your own property, yes. around your house, then that's what you should right. be doing. Right. But if you and if you have fifty feet, you can and your neighbor does it right and you do it right, yes. you've done it. You've got a hundred feet. Right. But if it's ten feet, if it's ten feet, you're screwed. But it's that's why that it's a thirty foot clearance to a building, which which theoretically is providing you sixty feet between buildings, but it's not because we have existing buildings that are built closer to the property line, and we just have to live with that. Well, and earlier, I mean, that's just so twelve when it says twenty. So the the standard here says twenty feet from property line. For the front for the public service zone in the and then 20 feet zone. from the property line for the street side which is the and then there's interior and side you, and you have to also consider the street as part of your defensible space i mean street side is basically when your side is on the street mm -hmm. this is what you need okay so which is the one between the built your neighbor and you there is no no well, requirement I'll, for for distances between a neighbor on a separate piece of property. But but if you have neighboring property, uh, you have to be and you're so not on the street. How far from your property line? Ten feet from the property line. Oh, okay. So it's you're ten feet from your property line on your side. They're ten feet from the property on their side. If, that that's okay. what it says for public service. But I think that is superseded by the wild fire safety regulations, which have requirements of 30 feet in high fire danger areas. And we used to have a little mm -hmm. asterisk everywhere that said that. Because mm -hmm. I mean, don't we, in, in residential areas- Same practical effect. So sometimes you can, there are some mitigations available, like no windows on that side, right. made of fire resistant construction. So do we have that on paper? In, it's in, uh, it's actually in part of the um, public resource code. Um, right. Code. No, I'm talking about, do we have that it's, asterisk anymore in the in the um, world? She's writing it in. Well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think we need to write it back in. Um, because the old code actually referred directly to another section of the building code, which in my understanding no longer applies. Julie, think, okay, she's shaking her head. Well, there's, there's, there's some- there's Yeah, some I, I know, that's why I'm- Basically, there's no problem if we just say, it, it's. I think it's the 4290 and 4291 yeah, exactly. regulations. Um, and I forgot whether, I keep forgetting whether it's public resources code 4290 and then there's, there's another set I think of regulations. There's two of them yeah. in different well, government code section oh. and a public resource code section. I think it's all in the public resource code That's, section and it's wildfire safety yeah. regulations. Yeah. I mean, we 4290 and 4291. You have to comply with state. Yeah, it, they, exactly. We have to comply with state um, fire what you know Safety what fire regulations. regulations right and that actually applies to everything yeah <laughs> that applies to everything and the building department exactly. would go ahead and um it only applies. and and review building plans for you know some sort of but a it, 
it should right? be here because yeah. people look first. Anybody who sure. has experience looks first right. to see right. what this requirement but is. But I'm saying, a, a, um, a, a, I don't know, a waiver, variance, whatever they're calling it, isn't part of our process. That would be part of That's the building clear. department's discretion. But yeah, I do, I, we can go ahead and refer to, and Julie and I will get the right code section. I do believe it's PRC 4290. Yeah. And yeah. so there's and the jurisdictional issue about Cal Fire versus we have to work. There's yeah, a lot of stuff that we have to work out there. But at the end of the day, regardless of who enforces it, we there's we have to comply with fire district standards in their own districts. And then there's also the Cal Fire state regulations and those Cal Fire regulations, the, the 4290 and 4291 apply. I hear everybody say, well, it's everywhere in the county. It's probably most places in the county. Oh. It's actually not every, we shouldn't just assume it's every single parcel. We need to have layers that show the very high fire mm -hmm. hazard severity zone is right. one yes. place. And we do. And then there's another, which is the state responsibility area. There are some parcels, not, not many that fit in neither. Okay. So. Yeah, exactly. So we'll go ahead and make the reference, but but the, the, the call, so to speak, would be through the building department. But it seems right. to me the same sort of reference should be right. in development standards for All residential. Yes. Because, I mean, in, in residential, on page 20. No, you're absolutely right. It, it applies to all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, it, I mean, just to I'm look, clarify, I'm looking. the five foot is given as yeah. the interior side for R1 and R2. Uh, it could be just the additional regulations where it says vision clearance. It could also say wildfire safe regulations right. or whatever right. the right. Right. term is. Because if, in fact, the development and the property do actually, you know, um, apply under a variant scenario, then they, they have to revert back to the zoning setback. So exactly. they can't. They can't go. Setback. It's just not a. Oh, we're going to erase it, and you can do whatever you want, kind of a thing. They still have a set of standards through the zoning code that they have to that apply to every parcel yeah. at and a that, minimum. That's why it, it says that the forty two ninety clearances are the same practical effect because then there are provisions for mitigations that then are mm -hmm. actually administered through our building department to decide whether or not that mitigation is sufficient. Yeah. And they used to have like five things that they told you could count toward it, but there none of it is super clear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's okay. the bottom line. So I see now back on page 17 under the resource zones, you under setbacks, you have a reference to measured in feet from the property line unless otherwise stated. Construction mm -hmm. must also meet the requirements for defensible space. Okay, perfect. First one to 14 CCR Division 1.5, yep. Chapter 7. Yeah. Blah, Thank blah, you. Blah. Yeah, so we'll just go ahead and see that that applies across the board. Not actually in Chapter 7, though. Yeah. Those are different okay. requirements that are in Chapter oh, 7. Oh, okay. The wildfire clearance, vegetation clearance things are actually in the 4290. Right, okay. So let's just keep confusing the issue. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm in favor of that. Minimum fire regulation. I think it's just something we'll have to vet at the very end and make sure we So are you it. saying that this section that we've that we've referenced here on page 17 is is not the correct it, that actually is the one that talks or is that about different? the screening events and the the um, class A roofing and 
that's what chapter seven. Okay, so this is in put. this is incorrect. It then. doesn't mention the clearances, but it's not the primary reference okay. for those. It's so we need to change that then. Yes. Or add to it. Or add to it. Okay. okay. Add to it. Yeah. But I don't know if you want to get tangled up in everything oh. else. So the 4291 also addresses the driveway requirements mm -hmm. and fire department access, which do belong in planning because it's part of the site issues. And But all of those things that are little nitpicky building code things are in chapter, chapter 7. Chapter 7, so <laughs> it sounds like we don't want the chapter 7 stuff included, reference included? That's not where, what I would reference. I yeah. would stick to the things that are the state level requirements for the site development issues. Okay. okay. But that's just me. Oh, it's come on. It doesn't hurt anything to have both of them on. Come on, Tom. More is better? No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're talking about fire safety. If we're talking yeah. about telling people about fire safety, I know, but we're we'll talking them about fire safety everywhere we can. Yeah, but she's also talking about yeah. the actual construction of buildings, which is totally out of our purview completely. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to Right. So why why muddy the water when the building department is already looking at that mm -hmm. through their um, through their plan check review? As with any anything else, when we're doing a list of other requirements, we want to make sure that we're not saying this is an exhaustive list. Right. So is I relied on Gina. <laughs> <laughs> She knows everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the consensus is Chapter 7's out. PRC 4290, 4291 is in. I believe. Where was Chapter oh, 7? Let, let us double check. It's, uh, we're on page 17, Julie, under minimum setbacks, down under on the development standard for resource. But chapter, chapter 7? No, page 17. I think. But there was a mention. Yeah, yeah it's chapter 7. We don't have a county code that's titled. No, chapter no, 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 no. the building code. They're talking oh, the about. Code. Yeah, Probably yeah. That's code. the confusion. Okay. It's actually 7A, I believe. Just title 24 uh, so, of the uh, state. Uh, right. Title 24 of the state. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> why we're just confusing. Glad I'm not building holes. <laughs> and it's also in the residential code, so that's the other reason to not just reference Chapter 7. Anyway, it's building code, but residential construction can be Different. done under the California Residential Code, and it's like Section 307 or something. There's there. an encyclopedic set of codes that go with the state. Yeah, yeah. It just takes up a whole shelf on your <laughs> shelf. Yes. Okay. Are we exhausted? Yeah, not yet. Let's do overlay zones. Hey, but before great. we go to Let's overlay zones, I want to bring up something that I'm not quite sure this is the right time to talk about. I think it might come up later. And uh, this is where we have property that is zoned for duplexes, so R2. You want me to and go back? so it's zoned for our duplexes, but if it doesn't have public sewer and water, we won't actually allow someone to put a duplex on it. And I just think that's ridiculous with our need for housing. 
a duplex can easily be served by an on-site wastewater system. Well, and that's not for, that wasn't written into the zoning code. That's a provision in the general plan as we read it. Are you sure? Mm -hmm. I think it's in the zoning code. Well, But it's... maybe it has made its way into the general plan. I just think it's something we need to look at because prohibiting duplexes on property that is zoned for it seems pretty short-sighted under our current situation. With the caveat that the lot's big enough? Well, that's always the caveat. I mean, right, you always in, have order, to design in order to put yeah. the septic system in? Yeah. Yeah, but you always have to get a, a permit for your the design of your septic system anyway, right. so, and prove that you have water. And so I just don't want to lose that well, thought. It's not that many parcels. If it's in the general plan, though, we'd have to do it. Yes, I know, <laughs> but we get to do four times a year a general plan, right, yeah. and so we might want so um, yeah, the public water and sewer is um, required for residential low density, medium density, and high density um, development. Where, where are you reading now? Um, I'm actually in the general plan uh, in the land use element. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but obviously, yeah. it doesn't apply to single-family homes that are outside of. So the, this would be for new development. Um, if you are providing us, if you are asking for a subdivision map. I'm not talking, I'm talking about existing parcels. Yeah, existing parcels. Um, it's my understanding that the existing parcels Legally existing parcels would be, you can still develop on those parcels. Um, if you don't have public sewer, it doesn't condemn the parcel from no, being but developed. It, but it can only be developed as, with, as a single family residence, even if it's zoned for duplex. Currently, that is the interpretation from the county. And I've watched it get applied. So <laughs> I know that that is the case. And it's kind of hidden. I remember it was hard to find where that was. It wasn't immediately obvious when you looked it up. So I'd like to find it and fix it if we can. I mean, so if it's in the general plan, it, then we just have to have that for another discussion. Yeah, I'm not sure it was in the general plan. I think it was buried in our zoning ordinance someplace. Is this something you can go to the desk? Or, uh, yeah, well, we'll we can look at it. I might be able to find it. For, I mean, it's been a few years since it came up. But I, I wrote it down as something to address yeah. when we did the zoning code uh -huh. update. So do you think you can find where that requirement is? I probably, I probably got it from Gina. <laughs> I relied on Gina. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't begin to it think initially. that. Um, let's see, new parcels density. 
individual well on-site wastewater, two dwellings for five acres, uh, public water and on-site uh, disposal, two dwellings per one acre. I think this is what you're referring to then? One duplex. One mm -hmm. duplex. Right. Except it did not, they were not allowed to go forward with their plans to do their duplex. Because the parcel was less than an acre? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're looking in rural residential and rural residential low? Um, well, right now we're actually looking in the in the current zoning code oh. um, under site development standards for the R2 zone. I thought Michelle was talking about um, the uh, the, um, the dens density the density exactly. requirements in the general plan um, under residential medium density, which refers to um, you know, land division and development of um, parcels in, in that designation needing public water and sewer. Um, but I think what you're referring to is probably this restriction for the maximum density allowance in the R2 zone. Look at number okay, one. Was look only at one. Doesn't you, that answer your question? You could have had, on the, on the particular parcel, you could have built a duplex if you had public sewer and water. So I think this is it. Mm -hmm. And but you were not allowed to right. if you needed to have an on-site wastewater. Right. Even though the parcel was large enough to put a duplex on and put a sufficient septic system, they had already designed the septic system. It wasn't a project I designed. It was somebody else. I think I know what project you're talking about. So it, it just seems like... Which was crazy in the end because in the workaround, you could have a primary residence and an ADU. Which is what, which is what I recommended <laughs> they do, and that is what... It was just a matter of labeling it. It was only a matter of like 100 square feet in this particular yeah. situation. So it was solvable. But it, that's not always going to be the case that it is solvable. So why would we have that restriction? Doesn't it have, when you go back, well, you're past that. Oh, sorry, I can go that back. That was like 70,000 square feet, right? Viewed up with public so, water and public sewage. Right. Two dwellings per 7,000 square feet. I mean, seven, is that enough to put a well and a septic system in? No, that's and why then, they're saying, that's why they're, that's why they're saying a public bar. So, sure so the have, general. The, there was enough on their parcel. It, what she's saying is they had an engine, they had a septic engineer that came in and designed a system that fit, that was able to accommodate the structure and a septic system on this particular parcel, but they didn't, they didn't fall into this minimum one acre, and we said no. 42,000, it didn't have 42,000, so let's say it had 30,000 square feet. So they were stuck in that where they weren't allowed to do it. So I'm just so, throwing it out there. You want me to go back to residential? Well, I was looking in Are residential, we, looking to see if it- Look at page one again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I have been collecting things for years. I know. If it didn't fit the standard, and you could ask for an exemption or something? Or is that Well, but I mean, it really, um, 
The hardship variants. Yeah, <laughs> hardship variants. Um, you know, I, I suppose there are those scenarios that might be able to work, but, you know, we have to work with the on-site wastewater division of environmental management because they have standards as well. And they didn't have a problem with it. They were fine. Well, see, I think if you jump through enough hoops, I don't, I don't know if I want to do something unilaterally saying, you know, this is, then you can always do this, but, you know, if this and this, you know, if you cross your... It's always predicated on your ability to right. get all of the permits. Right. So, my, it's, all I'm saying is, if it's zoned R2, maybe we don't have a requirement that it, that yeah. it have on-site so, water in any case. We, we so don't. As they can meet all the other requirements. So we don't anymore. So, um, so these maximum and minimum densities um, are mirrored with the general plan. And we, we do indicate subject to environmental health requirements for sewage disposal and water services. So if everybody says, hey, you know, it's meeting the general plan requirements and the environmental health department says, yeah, okie dokie, everything's okay, so then it looks like the problem is solved. Yeah, that's, so that's it. I was reading here. I didn't okay. see the problem anymore, but I thought it could be hidden from me. Okay. <laughs> you might have done that on purpose. I would in, I would intentionally hide things from you. So, so we're Is that what you're saying? Multi-unit dwelling on their R2. Yeah, I don't see it. I'm it looking wasn't at page explicit. 23. Yeah, so. Multi-unit dwelling permitted permitted. Well, yeah, there's nothing there that would stop you. It was under this other section, but I didn't see anything. And but now I'm. Well, what what land use designation would that be under? Um, usually it would be uh, residential medium density. All of our R2 yep. should be in R. And that requires public water and public sewer. Right. And that's the chap, and she's saying that shouldn't always but, be the case. But that's, that's for, for new, new. for new for new subdivision. Oh. So if we're reviewing a, a parcel of land for an R two zone subdivision, um, and they don't have public water and public sewage disposal, then we're going to say mm, not in this land use designation doesn't work. What? So you're distinguishing the way you'd apply the zoning based, the way you'd apply the general plan based on whether it's existing parcel right. or whether if it's a new parcel. we have existing non-compliant right. parcels. We've got a lot of them. Right. Yeah. All of the parcels up in uh, like... Um, all of the um, Lake Mont Pines and Meadowmont and and Big Trees Village and all of those, there's mo the majority of those residential subdivisions up the Highway Four corridor beyond you know up in the Avery and 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 beyond uh, areas or I should say yeah Avery and beyond Murphy's beyond um, a lot of those don't have public sewer. They're on septic right. systems and they're all zoned R1 and they're all located in a residential low density land use designation. Right, but she's talking about medium density now. Well, well medium density no. is the same thing. Well, is it now taken care of on page 23? So that you have... Yes, I think Michelle is satisfied. I don't see anything that now has that restriction mm -hmm. on it. That was like 
the donut yes. whole weird situation. Right, right. And, and we people just, have, just have to understand when it says permitted, that's subject to all other uh, well, yeah, right. That's, that's always true. So yeah, exactly. No, no, I'm not saying we yeah. need to put it in. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. I hate to spend time on. No, something. no, no. That's okay. Just such a yeah. niche problem. But. So, so it's uh, what quarter after two? Do we? Yeah. Do I, we I think we can fly. Can. I think we can fly through this. Okay. I you think, think so? That's what I know. Okay. Airport's overlay zone. We could that, we can fly right through that. I would I would recommend that we stop here and. <laughs> Why? Are, you, are we wearing you out? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. So let's. Um, so. Mike. Well, a lot of this shouldn't be too difficult if you want to try at least get to the plan development. Um, yeah. I'm looking at a lot of this, and it's mostly it's it's just carried forward. So, um, if we if we want to have a discussion, um, the airport overflight overlay, um, we have two overlay zones currently in um, that that regulate land use in the airport area of influence. And one of them is the um, airport overflight um, zone, and the other one is height limitation. Um, and so basically, it didn't make any sense um, to have two different overlays, um, you know, restricting the same area and basically referring to the same plan, which is the airport, um, um, what are we calling the thing? The, Something's oh, yeah. Whatever the airport plan is called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have an established plan that regulates land use around the airport, mm -hmm. and it and it and it says you know you can do these, you can do that. You got height limitations. It talks about you know a, a, a variety of of regulations, and so um, what we did was we just proposed to eliminate the, the HL height limitation. We took those standards, rolled them into the AO, and called it good. So um, the proposal is to rezone all the parcels that have the HL combining zone to simply reflect the AO combining and how zone. how parcels are around that? What, we just had that. I mean, there were, there I will that, show you. There weren't that many, were there? Well, actually, there's more than you think. Because they go yeah. because it ends up across the street or something. Yeah. Right. Um, so here's the airport. Mm -hmm. Right. All of these properties are affected with the HL and the AO. And uh, here's how is that? Is that a lot? But most of those are just big. They're big, most of them are ranch land. Ranch, right? right? Yeah. You know, um, there are some smaller residential parcels that might be like five acres or something, but the majority of this is ranch land. And the parcels that are residential have like single story houses on them. There's nothing no, there off right. the side of yeah. And all the parcels currently are have both overlays in the, in the, in the same identical <clears throat> pattern. Yes. So there is no parcel that has just the AO overlay. No, because the the AO actually, I mean, refers back to the airport plan, and the airport plan regulates the height. Yeah. 
So it makes a lot of sense. We're just simplifying. We're simplifying it. That's all we're doing. And most of this is a requirement. So I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't so, think we get to yeah, say we, we're not changing the airport plan. Right. And I think we're, that's required by state law. Yeah, exactly. In federal, yeah. Maybe in federal law. That's why I thought well, we could fly through this section. Well, I thought we, I thought we, I found if we are going to. If we're going to go through this the same way we've gone meticulously through the industrial and all the other zones, I think it would take a fresh look. I, I, we, you know, I don't want us to just fly through it. I want us to really look at each and every ward and see whether or not we need to make changes. I have a public comment. Um, I think these uh, are very common sense uh, use restrictions. Uh, uh, no use that would create light and glare that would, you know, affect the pilot, uh, confusing lights that would affect the pilot, uh, impair, impair visibility of the pilot. And I'm going to get back, go back to my previous question. And if you look at the number of parcels, it covers a lot of parcels. I'm wondering what we do where there are private landing strips proposed. Um, we're not going to do this, um, as I was told before. So what do we do to ensure the safety of those private landing strips? Because they do it, well, when we try to protect safety, as you can see, we do affect the land surrounding land uses. Well, that's why I think we, that we have it subject to a conditional use permit. So we, we put the onus on the person that's going to have the Air, air strip rather than they own us on the surrounding property. And uh, if it's well, an airstrip in the middle of a huge piece of property, uh, shouldn't be a problem considering what type of aircraft he's, he or she's flying. Let's Elon buy something here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gina, how big is that? How, how, many, how big is that red square? Which red square? The, I mean, if you, if you squared all of those red Oh, What's this? I, I have no idea. Yeah, it's, oh, it's huge. I mean, that's my point, I guess, is whenever you put an airstrip in, you're going to affect, the, the, the safety of the airstrip is going to be affected by the neighboring properties. So a use permit's not going to cover it. Well, why, why not? Well, it's it would have to, look at the size of that. private airstrips, oh, they're not public. He's saying they wouldn't get noticed because they're not in the 300 foot. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the land use on neighboring properties is going to get restricted. No, that's not, what we're not, saying is you don't restrict the, the, restrictions. The, the restriction is all on the landing strip. The landing strip right. may not be allowed. To show that they're not restricting uses or otherwise in, you know, yeah, providing you a safety oh, issue wow. for adjacent yeah, properties. Cool. Yeah, that's, that, that's yeah. what you and you're serious about that. Yeah, yeah, that's how it that's what the use permit not allows is to impact your neighbor's ability to develop okay. their property with right. anything you do well, on yours. I'm that's fine with me. Good. I just I haven't seen that level of restriction on private landing strips before. Um, do we have I've seen the argument? What I've seen before are the arguments between the surrounding neighbors and the guy who wants the landing strip. Um, so I, I know of one in Railroad Flat. I, how many more can there? Be? there well, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to be proposed in the future. Well, yeah, definitely well, I, could I, be proposed. I mean, in the future. I, I certainly 
feel comfortable with what we've said, and yeah, uh, I too. assume that's what the planning director would also. Okay. Feel cool. I, I think, Tom, you're right that certainly some use that a neighbor has could impact your ability to enjoy your land. You know, if they have pigs and you don't like their pigs rooting around close to your boundary or whatever. But the, those are things that you already knew were allowed in your in the surrounding properties. So that's a little different than building a private airstrip. So that, that person would have to come get a conditional use permit to build the <clears throat> private airstrip. And it might just not be possible for them to do it. I mean, they can't restrict the height of their neighbor's buildings beyond what the zoning code restricts them to. Do they need, I'm assuming there must be some sort of a FAA approval for private landing strips. So I'm mm -hmm. assuming yes. yeah. so whether it's yeah. feasible would be right. yes. also weighed in on by right. the FAA. Yeah. So yeah, I've known that's, people with yeah, that's... private landing strips. So I have a very weighty question if we're done with that one. On 17.06.090 on page 49, I thought I found a typo, but it's repeated. So, <laughs> Avigation easement. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I saw that too. I'm getting a little rummy. What page did you say? 17.06.49. On page 49. 49. Second, second, second yeah. section down. I was going to have to look up what avigation <laughs> yeah. was. Aviation navigation. That's what I figured, yeah. right? Is it, Just I mean, from the context. <laughs> is that... How many of us looked at that? <laughs> but twice, you know, and we, we become... Well, there is at least four of us that looked I at that and didn't catch it. There's three places. When we did a project um, at the yeah. existing... Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> She'll the do next, a search. The next section, yep. too. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Is it a real word? Or yeah, it is. Avigation? Yeah. Is yeah. it? It is. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I think it's correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, good. I just want to... When... It's a synonym for aviation, apparently. Oh. But most people probably know aviation. Yeah, and navigation. So unless, okay. the, unless the airport okay. land use plan requires us to Avigation. Say avigation. The navigation of aircraft. Oh, see, we learned something today. See? So, <laughs> <laughs> what is an navigation easement? Yeah, I see that too. Yeah. You're on Google. <laughs> it's it's, yes, a, it's a real word. It's so. identified on a map mm -hmm. that the FAA provides that shows what the impact of being within a particular zone would be, um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Are we keeping navigation? Why not? Or we could put navigation in parentheses, aviation navigation. That might be good. Just so people don't think, look, how many people reviewed this and they didn't catch it. That's right. I'm going to be hearing from Kelly. Yes, Kelly, it's in our dreams, right? Should we, because we are so successful with that, I'm thinking we should look at the one-page environmental protection use yes. the overlay zone. Let's do that. I will have many comments on that section. <laughs> Thank, Thank you first. <laughs> <laughs> but does Tim have any? No. 
Waiting for Joe. So what page would that be? 50. 50. Oh, I can get back there. Well, I can start. Um, 170720A, all use, development, and disturbance of land within the EP overlay zone shall be designed and cited to avoid disruption or degradation of the resource identified for environmental protection. And I'm wondering how that is reflected in the overlay. Are properties like tagged, um, you know, rural residential red-legged frog, or um, how are, how do you, how do we identify the particular environment, the particular use, yes. the particular thing you're protecting? I don't think we have to. I think it's telling these people they have to go do that. So usually it's identified through a biological resource assessment. Uh, wetland delineation, and it's noted within that plan that there is um, habitat or resources that need to be protected for whatever reason. It's identified and delineated. Um, so um, by the time we get to this, we've got a really well-defined area of what and where. But I think, you know, if you just what? read this, and I think Joe has a good concern, that you don't... I mean, the purpose of the overlay zone is to designate environmentally sensitive areas. Mm -hmm. um, I th think some statement of how that happens. Why did why did it get the overlay on it? In the how first how place? how how do you how do how we, do we go about designating an environmentally sensitive areas? Well, it's through a discretionary action. Yeah, but right. I mean, some like through a biological study. Right. I mean, I think that's what Tim is saying. That's what I'm saying. Is oh, you want to word it that way? Yeah, I think. Well, something about giving examples, because otherwise you go into this as if it's already been designated. Oh, oh. right. That, and, that's what I was saying. Yeah. So we wouldn't be putting this on something unless okay. it was like a subdivision. So it had already been studied. Right. And then you're applying this to the new well, parcels right. created right. as part of that action. So yeah, right. based on a biological study. Yeah. This would be identified through a discretionary well, um, application. Process. It says potential flooding. So so it would be well. under purpose statement. We we just say as identified by yes. uh, as identified by professional studies. Sure, I'll buy a lot of professional bike. Sure. Just try to make it easy. Yeah, the reason I ask is because we have a lot of those studies already. Right. Um, in fact, under the 96 plan, we identified um, critical deer winter range. We identified eagle habitat. We had maps that identified the uh, critical habitat for tiger salamander, red legged frog. Um, so we're not putting those into an overlay at this point. No. We're just applying this overlay zone when there's a discretionary project. Correct. Okay. So, okay. so we should say as identified through professional studies required for discretionary projects. Right? To make it clear? Sorry to take over. Uh, no, yeah, no that's fine. <laughs> that makes sense. I think the only would be if we already know there are going to be some that will all this overlay will already be on there as soon as we complete this project right the zoning because we there are parcels that we already know 
Because they already have. Oh, they're already zoned. Yes, they're already zoned. And they're already zoned that way because of a discretionary application. But it also could happen in the future when they apply for a discretionary permit. I'm just saying there's some discretionary permits already out there. Now, I, I think it's also worthwhile for the Commission to know that this would be a new section of the code because the exist, existing 1707010 doesn't currently exist in our code. Uh -huh. So these would be new code sections where all the overlay zones are kind of lumped together, right? No. No, no, no. this okay. is existing. What? Okay. So, uh, the EP overlay exists, AO um, already exists, DR already the, the exists. The numbering section. Oh, the numbering is yeah. all wrong. It's all going to be different. Yeah, but there's an EP overlay I mean. zone already, and we yes. already have right. parcels that have an EP overlay, right. and we will have new parcels in the future that will, right. not new parcels necessarily, but that will receive the EP overlay sure. as a result of something, something that they yeah. are requesting. Right, something that happens in the future. Right, right, and right. maybe yeah. maybe the, the 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 place to cite professional studies is in the second sentence. That's what the, I was saying. The EP yeah. overlay zone is intended for areas subjected to potential flooding, blah 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 blah, or sensitive mm -hmm. environmental right. habitats. Mm -hmm. as, as identified by professional studies. Professional studies required by discretionary projects. Well, we yeah. got it. At least I came to it. Yeah, a late, yeah. but I, I think that doesn't necessarily say it has to be past future. It, that could. I don't think that matters. Both. Yeah, it yeah. Does, mm -hmm. but is it a discretionary project or is it a discretionary action? Probably action. Action. Less sequel-ish here. <laughs> okay, but what if so, there is an individual uh -oh. that just wants to place an EP over uh, overlay on their property? Why would you want? It doesn't have to be a discretionary act. I mean, that's generally where it comes from. But I mean, but, Tim could choose to place an EP combining zone on his property for identification. Sure, but, but then it limits what he can do on that. Well, sure, property. but maybe he exactly. wants to do that. Maybe I'm protecting you. He's protecting natural resources. From other kids. He's greedy kids messing up his his natural resources. It's highly unlikely. It is. It is. Wouldn't you have to have something like the you know a biological reason to do that you just sure. can't say it well right? i mean it's been applied yeah. to conservation easements and right. you know conservation easements are not something that we necessarily are involved in the creation right. of you know that's that's another through an you know another entity and for a, a, a variety of reasons um but you know if if Tim enters into a conservation easement for the preservation of his land, then um, and then he could choose to put an EP overlay on his property for future. Because he did so the what, studies so what if, and he, so what if yeah. he wants it documented. Right, he wants future. it documented, and this is the way to document it. I'm on the dark side, and I, I pay somebody that has PhD after the name. That's it. That says, this is... Uh, environmentally and and so uh, the quarter acres or quarter mile around you you've got you've got red-legged Martian frogs yeah and and 
we don't we don't want to say, oh, okay, then we'll have an EP overlay area. You know, there has to be some study of the study, this, right. this professional right. study. So, so yes, are, and you can't apply it to your neighbor. So no. as <laughs> through professional studies obtained for discretionary actions vetted by the county. Vetted by the county? Well, okay. we don't. We don't normally vet conservation easements, though. I mean, I I don't. I think you were fine originally. I think okay. we are getting more and more. Yeah. Perfect. After two thirty, I'm, I'm not trying to be humorous. It's it's. If somebody wanted to use this as a sword rather than a shield. But you don't get to go do a study on someone else's property and try to use it. Well, somebody might try. I, I don't think that we... Well, no, because, I mean, in order to zone your property, you have, we have to have property owners' authorization. Just trying to put in here... And processed by county... Something like that. A department or something. It'd have to be planning department, right? It's the only department or that's going to do it. Adopted. Yeah. It could just theoretically be another department. I kind of like just the way it is. Yeah. As adopted by? So process through a county land use department. There you go. That. that I kind of like just the way it is. <laughs> but I mean, process. I don't think we need to add anything like to it. it. Recycling processing. No, they, they, she's talking about the discretionary about, action taken by the county. That sounds good. Right. So, do we want required for discretionary actions or obtained for discretionary actions? Aren't we really interested that, that the discretionary action has occurred? I mean that that. The county that has why acted and processed upon, or adopted. adopted. I mean, we need to say that, that that it's not just that somebody threw it out there and we looked at it and went, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the process. That doesn't put the EP on there. Right. So, right. so we, uh, we could get rid of that required or obtained entirely yes. and just say, as identified through professional studies for discretionary actions processed through the county. Yeah. And we just get well, rid of required or obtained. I'd say, yeah, yeah required okay. or adopted instead of just resulting brought. in the overlay. I mean, that's the basic. So, how do you want it to read? But that that would be kind of certain. I am because I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I am. <laughs> um, something that that would indicate that the county has acted to recognize. I think How about recognized? Recognized by the accounting agency. So what about just as identified through professional studies for discretionary actions processed through a county land use department? See, process it's process is, doesn't mean that there was an outcome recognizing that it was good. And acted upon just by a county land like use. Discretionary actions acted upon? No, that's weird. How about just the, the study itself recognized by a county or a state agency? Well, it ha yeah. I, just, I feel that, like that, we're getting well, lost. That's why I There's think no let's way. just leave it alone. Well, I think there's potential for attempted abuse on this. It hasn't been abused yet. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. How about routed through? 
Well, that, that's your process to get. Oh. It's recognized. Recognized? That, that indicates that the... Well, the county has to actually place this overlay on. Yes. So... It does... It, so it's back to vet it. <laughs> I don't think... I mean, it just... I think... It would have to have come through a county department, and that county department would have had to require the overlay zone to be placed on that piece of property, right? Well, it's it's these studies could be for uh, just a, a CEQA <clears throat> review of, of whether uh, property can be developed. Well, but that's why we're saying so. It has to be something that then is acted upon by the county. Yeah. How about this? As identified the map, yeah. it's identified through professional studies supporting a county land use determination. There you that's, go. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Now we can go. That's why. That's why, that's why we <laughs> have you here. <laughs> we should probably quit. Though. <laughs> chapter 17 land use determination i think we can do one. supporting a county land use determined yes. yeah you're right determination yes i like it yes it's perfect <laughs> until and until so we look, look at, at it it'll be the first subject of an appeal <laughs> so let's look at 17.08 which has exactly oh, oh, three oh. sentences i'm not finished yet <laughs> On this section, I'd run. This is a yes or no question, though. Okay. Um, in, in the required findings, it says there will be no significant environmental effect on the resources identified for protection and the proposed use, development, or disturbance will be consistent with the protection and continuance of the resource. Okay? Mm -hmm. Does that mean? that there will be no significant environmental effect that's project related or that there will be no significant environmental effect that is cumulative or both both it, i would say it's on both. The, i mean if it's in the overlay why well, then we look, look at it and say well well the overlay is mainly concerned about whatever frogs well uh, in and this particular project is uh well the overlay may be as a many. result of the project of the proposed project says once you have this on here now it's protecting the property right. somebody in comes in and says i do want to put a warming hut up right on my property and so i think we would have to determine that that you know I'm just noticing it's a little strange to say there will be no significant effect and then be adequate mitigations. Is that an and or an or? Are we going to allow development as long as we can approve a mitigated mag deck? Is that what we're saying here? Or, or you can buy, if you have a wetland, you can buy land someplace else. And all of a sudden, because you've mitigated the fact that... Potentially. That, right. that, yeah. Well, I, I, I you mean, think that's really what we want to do, isn't it? That, that if you have adequate mitigation measures so that there will be no significant effect, you know, that otherwise there would be, 
But what, what Commissioner Chimenti is saying is true, that mitigation mm -hmm. is not necessarily on-site mitigation right. mm -hmm. for purposes of approving uh, right. NAGDAC. So it's a question of what you guys want to allow in, in terms of use, when would it be okay to disturb a site within this overlay zone? What kind of no, when we say no significant effect, do we mean a, mean a mitigated significant effect because that's in there under B or do we mean literally no, no, a finding of no impact? I think if you have the ability to mitigate it and you choose to do that, you should be allowed to do that. Even though it affects this overlay zone. Even though it, because it's allowable now to do. All right. What, what? What do we say now about this overlay zone? This is carried forward. Yeah. So this is ex our this is the way it is. I, How I is it applied yeah. now? How is it applied? Yeah. So in other words, if somebody when somebody has proposed development in this overlay zone, have you processed mitigated negdex to allow it? Um, not in a very long time, but yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I now my question was different. My question was different. If there's a significant unmitigable effect, there's two kinds of significant unmitigable impacts, right? There's ones that are just related to the project, and then there are ones that are cumulative, right? But Tom, mm -hmm. it's saying, if you look at the existing language, where I don't see anything that would allow it to be significant and unavoidable. You're, you're saying significant but non-mitigatable, and the existing language wouldn't allow exactly. that. That's what my question was. That's what my question was, and that's answered. Thank you. Yeah, I wasn't clear. I wasn't clear if a project had insignificant impacts on the project, but significant cumulative impacts, would that be allowed or not? And you basically said that wouldn't be allowed. Well, I'm just I'm looking at what I think the language means. I'm not the planning commission, oh, okay. and they would decide what they want it to say now, based on what I. I would like to know what it means now. Based on my reading of it, and look at the page as a whole, and looking at B, I would say the intention is not to allow unmitigatable effects with on this parcel. But I don't think we should interpret what our current statute means for Mr. Infacino or anybody else. Oh, no, no, no. But I, I think we should talk about what you want to look, what you want it to I'm look like yes, in the future. My, my reading <laughs> yes. is that the intention was not to allow a significant effect on that resource on this parcel. If it couldn't be mitigated that could not be mitigated, mitigated. on this, this parcel. parcel. Okay. So it could have cumulatively significant effects and it would still be allowed. It doesn't, I don't see how you're getting, so let's say we're, we have new- I thought she just said this parcel. My understanding of what, Michelle, when you said on this parcel, yeah. did you mean significant cumulative impacts would be allowed? Bless you. Significant unmitigatable effects on this parcel? No. 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 Oh, cumulative effects for the resource is my question. When you're saying cumulative, do you mean on, in this whole overlay area because something that's no. going on in this okay. parcel? Let's back up. Let's yeah. back up. Please. What we often see is 
in environment, we have you do an environmental impact. Your project has a small effect, mm -hmm. but because there's a there's 40 of those projects across the county, they have a significant cumulative impact, right? If the idea is that we're putting these overlay zones in to protect the resource, not just the species on the site, it would suggest that in the future, we would like a code section that would say, we're not allowing significant cumulative impacts in the overlay area. Okay, in the overlay area, not, not throughout the county. No. I, I would <laughs> actually think we should, I wouldn't recommend making a decision about this I think we right need now. To think about it. It's late okay. in the day, and we need to all reread it and think about it. Okay. What our intention is. Yeah, I think that's good. Because I think we'll all go home after we say something. And go. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did I just say? say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So do we? I think it's pretty clear, though, by the way it's written. Well, I, I feel like I understand what they're trying yeah. to get to, but I think if anybody could, if it's not clear to everybody, then maybe we need to tweak the Well, wording. I think it's, I think, I think we're going to, I think part of what's happening here is the, the, the term, the resource, yes. has some vagueness associated with it. And we're assuming that when we have a biological or cultural or whatever, a biological mm -hmm. study, a flooding study, that there will identify a specific Same. resource. Yeah. And the question is, if you have this overlay, do you want it to be tied to how much and to what extent do you want it tied to the studies that are resulting in its the recommendation for the overlay in the first place, or are we essentially requiring a, a broader scope environmental analysis that requires additional um, protections that come with this zone? I mean, the CEQA document for the prod for whatever project it is will take care of some of those project specific impacts and then the, the question is do you want it how much additional protection do you want once there is some sort of resource identified is it going to be literally no environmental impacts at all even if it's unrelated to the resource identified or are we going to be it's it. only to the resource identified yeah but but i think i i think looking at it before next Wednesday is a good idea because we yeah. really have to look at the at the development within the EPA overzone the, the section before to see just what are we talking about. Are I we also talking think about? we would need to look at if we're uh, let's say it's a larger project with multiple parcels, but the application is now and all of those got the EP overlay on them or many of them. And but the project we're looking at is a small project specific to one parcel. Then are we looking at the impact to that resource on all these parcels that were identified at once, or just on this parcel? And I, yeah, I mean, I think if I, I suspect that if there's if we're doing this because there's an identified resource, mm -hmm. I suspect that we would want it to be that if. You would want there to a look beyond the individual parcel yeah. counties, right? Yeah. So, okay. but, but yes. it could be a portion yeah. of that parcel 
Right. It, well, it doesn't, right. It doesn't it necessarily be, have to no. be. Yeah, it says it could be the mapped area. Right. right. It's right. delineated. Right, yeah. it's delineated. So, yeah, I, I agree. I just think but we if need we're also, to come back when we're not tired. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it might refresh our minds a bit if we think of this for flood control as well as yeah. you know, sure. damage Absolutely. to biological damage to make it make sense. Okay, are we gonna leave off there then? I sure, I think we do better. Good place to stop. Does anybody, does any commissioner have a report they would like to share? Does our planning director have a report he would like to share? Even my fingers are not working properly. No, um, I thought I did, but I may have mentioned it already. So, oh, oh no, yes, I do. Um, we approved a, an STVR AUP for 4220 Tomahawk Trail in Uh That's around uh, Talok Lake. So that will be posted on the website. Uh, it is a, uh, a short-term vacation rental. Um, this one uh, had some comments by some members of the community of that area who were not very happy with that the county keeps approving these things and I have to remind them that you know that's the way uh, it's currently in our ordinance. So um, uh, I don't know what's going to happen or whether it's going to get appealed or not but the decision was rendered uh, on September 29 I think and I think if there was going to be an appeal 15 days would have almost passed by that. When was the day? September 29. We got 15 days, so 29 and 15 is 44. So the 14th. When is the 14th? Two days from now. Two days, Two days from now. So there we go. 13 tomorrow or Thursday. Tomorrow or whenever day follows tomorrow. <laughs> Saturday, but probably last time to Monday. To the Monday, yeah, so. yeah. So um, if if that happens, that would be the first SVR appeal in a long time. Okay. Yeah, that's the report. And, uh, and you're going to make it clear to the Agricultural Commissioner and anybody else from the agricultural community that's concerned, make it clear to them that they can see any documents yeah. that we've gone through absolutely publicly and I, and I think julie has called the i texted i texted jesse and just let her know that it'll be posted but it would be probably good to get it sounds like people might be operating under the assumption that what was posted as the consultant's recommended draft um, is actually what the planning commission right. may be recommending. And so to the extent that is not the case, you might want to probably tell, you might want to just let the board of supervisors know when you posted the new, the, the greenhouse gas as well, and C, CEO as well as Jesse, who will yeah. I'm sure follow up with the rest of the act right. Right. And, and let them know that it's it's a recurring item on our agenda, agenda at this point yeah. so they can always come yeah, yeah. This can be I think I suspect that, that at least Jesse will and possibly some other in yeah. tow just to yeah. get clarification on that and until approved uh, neither the uh, consultants recommendation 
nor the planning commission recommendation is approved until actually approved officially because we haven't gone through um, the official well, wait a minute. Was approved by the board of by the board of supervisors. Yes. Yeah. We we've done what we're going to do. Oh, absolutely. Course, Although we've, we've it's done an incredible job. That we would take to the joint meeting mm -hmm. in response to yeah, something yeah. they tell us. That yeah. That recommendation to sure. change. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely. We don't want them to think we're saying it's too late for us to be trained. <laughs> so I guess the, there's, there's, there's a question about are we going to be having the joint supervisor meeting mm -hmm. without having any, um, we don't have any information from the right. consultants on whether the changes we made will no. still fit within our SP32 though. That's okay, because I, I think we've made our, in our statement to the Board of Supervisors, we've made it clear what issues are currently existing between the consultants and the commission. And if we have this meeting and the, and the Board of Supervisors agrees with us, it might help us in our dealings with the commissioner, with the uh, consultants. consultants. Yeah. So I, 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 don't, I, I don't think it's desirable to put off our meeting waiting for the consultants to to give their thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, yeah. I, I we want to continue and, and uh, get some support. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, this is all going to lead into a plan. And that plan would identify whatever it is that we all agreed upon between <clears throat> the Planning Commission and the Board of Supervisors goes into the plan itself. So these are just the measures. And the plan would include not only the measures, modified measures, and maybe additional measures we haven't even thought about, and and the accompanying calculations for carbon dioxide reduction. Now, the Board of Supervisors might say, well, you get a reading from the consultants as to whether or not this would satisfy the, yeah. the goal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. if, they want to, if they want to do that, that's fine. But I, yeah. think, you know, I think it's a good good place to have, I mean, a good stage of the proceedings to have that meeting. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, what they keep repeating to me is as long as we do not alter any of the numbers, uh, you know, the percentages and so on and so forth. Um, as far as how are we rearranging some of those things uh, and, and using different words, how that affects uh, the potency of, of the numbers they've given us. Mm -hmm. They haven't explicitly said that. They have some kind of um, uh, hinted that sometimes even a change in language could mean something yeah. you know, significant. Now, how right. significant? We don't know. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I and, mean, I you know, if we if we accepted everything they said verbatim, why the yeah. numbers would stay the same? Yeah. So, yeah. so what was your plan in terms of getting the feedback from the consultants? Well, I, I was I was expecting to have gotten feedback from them by now yeah, because when be I waiting. when I when I sent it to them, they they I was of the opinion that yeah they were going to look at this and and come back with something. So uh, I'll reach out again and see what who's waiting for whom. Just. So, yeah. But we're proceeding to get a date on the calendar. Oh yes! Oh yes! Oh yes! Oh yes! For... We will get we'll get a we'll get a date with the board of supervisors and 
and, um, and move forward. So everybody should plan on having a lovely weekend. And you're, you're continuing Cont these. Yeah, so let's Very take a, uh, I need a, a motion to continue this meeting so, to Wednesday the 18th. Right, yes. so um, before we do that, do we want to start at 9 a.m. Um, or do we want to start at 1 with the possibility that Julie may or may not be present? Unfortunately, it looks like I have to at least, we might settle, but we, I have to go to this hearing thus far, and I don't know where I'm going to come up on the agenda. So it's up to, it's up to you. So you we have reserved the room mm -hmm. from 9 o'clock on. So if we want to come back in and meet at 9 a.m., we can do so. I originally um, had reserved it not until 1 o'clock with the understanding that there was um, AAB and Julie was going to be tied up, but it's not going to be located here. It's going to be located in another um, area of the county. In addition, Jill, it, it, we're just not sure whether Julie's going to make what, it or not. So it's not going to be located here. There, we're, I have an assessment uh, appeals appeal, board assessment appeal hearing that I have to work yeah. with help assist the assessor with. Um, and even though it's going to settle, it's still got complexities. And right. unfortunately, there's some other things on the agenda that are complicating how soon my item might come up. <laughs> and normally those are done in this chamber, but this an, particular meeting is not. And so when the sheriff's office. So when I initially oh went to reserve this room, I couldn't reserve it until one o'clock. Um, and then knowing that it's actually gonna be it's located somewhere else, and then it's iffy whether or not Julie's even gonna be here, we have the option of coming in and meeting at nine AM. And Julie, do you think it's pretty sure that you would be here? But I would, I would like to say yes, but this, unfortunately, the agenda, I, I would like to say yes. I, there's so, what's happening uh, on the agenda is crazy enough that I can't make that promise, but, but, but I can try it. Yeah. You're optimistic. I don't have a lot of, there's some state, there's some revenue and taxation code, as you probably know, that actually apply to who goes first and on these property tax appeals. Yeah. And so I have to wait for the other people, that part of the agenda to complete mm -hmm. before our item comes up. I don't think my item will take long, but yeah, I do, I, I would like to believe there's, there's a good that. Chance. There's a good chance. I'll be and we sure. do have Martha on Wednesday. We do. So she will be participating in Wednesday's meeting. And do we know Martha's schedule in, in the future? I mean, um, uh, likely not on Thursdays at all. Um, so far, and it depends on budget. You know, we've got a contract and we're trying to work around the, you know, what's left in the budget kind of thing. We don't want to use it all up now, knowing that there's going to be, you know, right. some significant work in the end. So, so my inclination it, is to, to come back on one o'clock because I value our legal counsel's counsel. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I, I agree, and I also think we've made pretty good progress, and I think that also will give us a, we'll probably then be mostly getting through what's left in this first section, okay. and that's, that will give us a little more time if you get this next section out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we have the opportunity to start on it, great. You know, we'll at least have had a look at it, but if we don't, we'll have a whole nother well, we'll have until, yeah, a whole nother week. 
Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. So. And okay. Well, we move to continue yes. the meeting concerning the zoning code to next Wednesday at one o'clock. The eighteenth at one o'clock. That'll be a special meeting. Yes. Yeah. A continuation of our continuation. current special meeting. Okay. Get all the Do words the right. Second. <laughs> all in favor. Aye. Aye. Now, I would like to move we continue the consideration of the greenhouse gas, the final contributions to the uh, uh, to the Board of Supervisors to what? I guess it would be two, two weeks. From two weeks today. from today. And if we need it. But if we get that meeting in the interim, well, that's great. I'm sorry. So you're asking to move... I'm the greenhouse gas item. Just no, I thought we have it as a standing, a standing item on our agenda. Oh, so okay. so on the regular agenda. Yes, yes. yes. on a regular okay. agenda. Standing, we don't need to do that. That's yes. great. Marvelous. Okay. So now I would like to adjourn this meeting. <laughs> I, would, I accept that. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for a lovely. Uh, and thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom.